0: Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Robert
1: Zirk. On today's show, RC 360's Stacey Cardigan-Smith sits down with Jen Zarati of the Winnipeg Free Press. They'll be talking about modern journalism and the move from print to digital. We'll also be joined in studio by citizen journalist
0: Deanna Ng. She's a legally blind journalist, and she'll tell us how she got involved in journalism and how accessible Winnipeg is for those with a
1: disability. And finally, we'll be joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg, and he'll tell us what's happening this week in the world of citizen journalism through the lens of community news commons.
0: All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and good morning. Robert and Nolan with you this morning. Robert, how are you feeling? Uh, Not too bad. How are you? Uh, Not too bad. I was a little sick earlier this week. I think there's a bug going around. Maybe all of Manitoba, because uh, it's gotten a few of our coworkers, a few of my family members. I mm-hmm. think you and I both went down for the count earlier this week, but yeah. uh, feeling a little bit better. Not, not 100% yet, but uh, thriving, thriving yeah. in the world. Really excited for today's show. Uh, basically, it's going to be a journalism focus. I think uh, we've got two great local journal- journalists, both from different worlds. Uh, one, Jen Zeratti, uh, from the Winnipeg Free Press. She's a columnist there, who's written uh, for years and years. She used to be a music writer, I think. Now she is a columnist for the for the Free Press. Uh, she sat down with RC360's Stacy Cardigan Smith, and they had a fantastic conversation uh, just about how journalism is is evolving and changing over the years, and uh, what's what's happening looking forward but uh we'll hear that after our first musical break uh i think first up what are we gonna play how about charlie barnett and his orchestra with in a jam right here on river city 360.
1: Thank you for listening to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning. So, Nolan, I understand you attended a panel discussion earlier this week about journalism in Winnipeg.
0: I did. It was a very interesting panel discussion. Uh, there were three panelists uh, that were sort of telling their their stories and, and their histories when it comes to journalism. Uh, Megan Ketcheson of CBC, Richard Cloutier of CGOB and our, our next guest, Jen Zarati of the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, they kind of just talked about the current state of journalism, uh, what it's like sort of going from a from a big, big newsroom to newsrooms that are getting smaller and smaller and how there's a, a sort of a higher demand on journalists. I think one of the interesting stats that uh, Megan said that was for every journalist, there's four communications people out there. So it gives you a a kind of a sense of of the uphill battle journalists are are tending to climb these days. Kitchison and Cloutier have both been in the industry for over 20 years and had some profound things to say just about the business of journalism and how it's evolved over the years. Uh, But Jen Zerati, she's sort of a new school journalist. She's a little bit younger and she's recently embraced the online component of journalism. Uh, She's very active on Twitter. You can follow her on there. And and she's been running a a successful blog called Screaming in All Caps, where she talks about all sorts of different uh, things. So check that out as well. rc 360's Stacey Cardigan Smith was in attendance at this panel. Uh, she was able to sit down with Jen, uh, columnist at the found, at the Free Press, and they talked a little bit more in depth about the current state of affairs when it comes to journalism in Winnipeg.
2: Jen Zarati, thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, the panel has talked a lot about kind of the changing face of media. Why don't you um, quickly tell me you've only been at the free press for a couple years?, yep. but in those few years, how what changes have you seen?
3: Well, I was actually kind of initially, before I was at the Free Press, I was at Uptown Magazine, which the Free Press ran for a long time, and then it moved as the entertainment section in the paper. So the round of layoffs that happened in 2012, I was actually involved in. So my journey with the Free Press actually sort of began with a layoff, and then I was hired at the paper when they were hiring again, because someone had left. And even in that time, from 2013 until now, we've had many people leave, we've had a lot of things change in terms of how we put out the paper. So we've really, I think, that, but the biggest change, though, other than sort of a shrinking newsroom, is the change from thinking about web first instead of thinking about print first. So that's probably the biggest change that's happened in the last year is we used to be so, you know, have meeting. What's going on A1? That's the most important thing, figure out what's going on A1, figure out the rest of the paper, do it that way. And the web was sort of this thing that was sort of with it. Now, we really are web-focused first and focused on, you know, filling the needs of the web and then still paying attention to the paper, of course, too, and not neglecting what our paper product is doing, but it's definitely leading with the web.
2: So, um, as a columnist, how does that change
3: the way you do your work? It doesn't change... It changes probably my personal workflow, I would say, more than anything else. It allows me to be really responsive. So, if something is really blowing up on social media, for example... I can respond to it in a way that's a little bit more flexible than if I was waiting for my column that ran on a specific day in print. So now if I see something going on in the morning and say, you know, call City Desk and say, hey, I can have a column about this up by three o'clock. It allows us to be a little bit more agile and a little bit more responsive, particularly as a columnist when you are often responding to things or commenting on things. It's nice to be able to get in there with with your perspective.
2: I think that's I think that's very true because a lot of the time when I think of a columnist, traditionally you think of an older gentleman, of course. So it's nice to have <laughs> kind of a newer voice that's more responsive. But that also, um, I, I keep thinking with so much social media and those responsibilities, um, how do you kind of balance? what you need to do and provide on social
3: media with your work? I think if the very first thing you need to acknowledge is that you can't do it all. You're one person, you can't do it all. And I think it's really good to focus on doing... It used to be that you focus on doing a few things really, really well. I think now you focus on a few more things and do them pretty good. So it's still, you know, you still want to be accurate, of course. You still want to have depending on what I'm writing about, I still want to make sure that I have nuance and empathy and put the time into that. So that's where I put my focus, right? So really focusing on the writing and the crafting versus... Sort of the chatter aspect of it. So yes, it is important to be on Twitter and it's important to be involved in social media. But the way I prioritize my workflow, it's to really make sure that I'm producing the best column I can produce under the circumstances I'm in.
2: Okay, okay. Kind of related to that, mm-hmm. um, there's so much um, user-generated content in the form of social media mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. Um, And as the resources are kind of getting fewer and fewer in the newsroom, um, how do you ensure that, or or is a newspaper still kind of the the voice of record? And how does that reflect with um, so many voices on social media that maybe
3: have... Um, their own interests in in mind? I think it goes back, and something that we talked about a lot in the panel, was just sort of this idea of building trust with people. So I think if you work for a news organization, whether you're radio, TV, print, whatever medium that you're working in, magazines, blogs even, for a long time, blogger was a pejorative. It really isn't anymore. I mean, there's a lot of bloggers and blogs that are... respected as authorities on the areas that they cover I think it's just about building a brand that people trust and so if you are a lifelong free press reader for example or even if you're not a lifelong free press reader but you know that okay the free press is probably going to get there quickly they're probably going to get it right They're probably going to do all these X, Y, Z that I expect from my news organization. I personally expect news organizations to be accurate. I expect them to inform me in a timely way, and I expect them to tell a good story. If you come to trust those things from a certain organization, you are going to go back to them no matter how they exist, whether it's in the newspaper or whether it's on Twitter or whether it's online. You'll go back to them because you know that they are going to give you what you need and what you're looking for. Okay, so we can trust, trust you and the free press, hopefully. Hopefully. To give, give us what we're looking for. Because we want to make sure that we're still putting out the best product we possibly can. We want to make sure that we're not, you know, putting out things that are wrong or things that are hurtful or things that are inaccurate. It's, it's really about truth and courage, right? One last
2: question. Where do you see your
3: role evolving in the next two years? I could see my role evolving into probably doing more, um, doing more on the web, maybe having smaller sort of getting out of sort of the traditional column format in that you kind of see it in a certain place in the newspaper on a certain day and maybe having a bit more, um, I guess, of a presence online. I also personally could see myself doing more video. So that's something that we've been working with a lot in newspapers and I think we're not unique in that. I think that's across the board is that newspapers are doing a lot more video content and you'll see that often on their websites because it's another way to tell a story. And uh, I've done a bit of it and I've really enjoyed it and I think that it's a different way to engage with people and uh, that it kind of isn't you know, this certain inch long box on a page. Well, Jen
2: Zeretti, thank you so much for chatting with me. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks, Stacey. Coming up after the break, we'll be joined in studio by Deanna Ng, a legally blind citizen journalist here in Winnipeg. She'll tell us about accessibility in Winnipeg for people with a disability and her experience writing for Community News Commons. But first, here's Johnny Hartman with On a Clear Day right here on River City 360. On a
4: clear day. Rise and look around you And you'll see Who you are On a clear day Nothing will astound you And the glow of your being Outshines every star You'll feel part of Every mountain, sea and shore You can hear from far and near day, you can see forever and ever and evermore. And evermore. You can see forever and ever. mm, and evermore. You can see forever and ever.
0: Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we are joined in studio by a special guest. We have Deanna ing She's a citizen journalist for Community News Commons. Deanna, thank you for joining us.
5: Thank you for having me.
0: So Deanna, uh, we brought you in this week because we wanted to talk about CNC. So I guess first question is give give us a little bit of background about yourself, who you are and what you do and and what you write about.
5: The first time I was introduced to CNC was through the Manitoba League of Persons with Disabilities when I was writing stories for their update newsletter. And then my supervisor came across this form of classes for, through the, CNI, um, through the uh, CNC and so these classes were held at the Winnipeg Free Press Cafe or at the Millennium Library and they were, there was no charge for them so it was an excellent bonus and you got to learn how to write and learn about public relations, how to interview, how to do photography or videography or sound and just how to connect with other people and write good stories. So I found those very useful workshops.
0: Great. And were you a writer before, before these workshops, or did you have any experience with writing?
5: Yes. I wrote for the MLPD, or the Manitoba League of Persons with Disabilities, update newsletter. And so I would practice articles and interview people. But these classes with CNC have sharpened my skills and made it much easier of an experience.
0: Oh, great. So you said you wrote for the person or MLPD Manitoba League of with, of persons with disabilities, right? And a lot of your articles on CNC have been for the uh, Canadian National Institute for the Blind, and you've talked about accessibility in a lot of your I- a lot of your articles. Um, and I understand you are legally blind. Is that right?
5: That's correct.
0: So what are some of the issues that you choose to write about when it comes to um, uh, being legally blind and, and that disability?
5: guess it's sharing our experiences and about the barriers such as accessibility and the positive work that organizations are trying to do to break down the barriers and make the city more accessible for people with disabilities. Mm
0: -hmm. And uh, what are some of the what are some examples of some articles that you've written in the past?
5: The latest one is the CNIB's Big Daddy Taz comedy night. Okay. And this is to open people to an experience about vision loss and and barriers and also great improvements for accessibility for people with visual impairments
0: when you first started writing for CNC what 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 was the process like? How was it dealing with uh, Noah Ehrenberg, the convener of cnc and and what does he help you to uh, to bring out of your writing?
5: I find that he 's very encouraging to get you to write he doesn 't just say oh that 's a terrible article. it sucks, <laughs> but he says that. You know this is some ways you could make it a stronger story and here's some suggestions to make it more appealing to your reader and Mm
0: -hmm.
5: basically how you can make the article into a story and just really grab your readers interest
0: right and what has been some of the response when you've written these articles what have what have some of your friends and family and people said to you
5: well they have said that my work is definitely improving since the classes Mm -hmm. and also that they they've also said that they've enjoyed some of my stories and it's telling a story and getting you closer to the subjects
0: right that personal experience that you can tell from a first person sort of perspective and you can really get a glimpse into someone's life exactly so what's next what what are some of the next articles you're working on or stories that you're following in the city
5: that i'm not sure there's a number of things i'd like to write about about accessibility or Mm. organizations or even just community issues, but I haven't really tied it down to anything For yet. Sure.
0: Um, you, when you talk about accessibility, what do you mean by that?
5: Well, it means like, it's not just like putting a ramp on a building, right. but it's like having seating in malls or in stores so that people can sit down or having someone able to describe what is on aisle three because you're not sure oh. or even just larger font or Braille or the lighting to be okay so that you can get into a place and Hmm. just making it easier so that we can, people with disabilities can have the same access to services or environments as other people.
0: Okay. And what would you, like, would you say Winnipeg is is an average city for for accessibility issues or is it doing a good job or or where are we as a community when it comes to accessibility?
5: That's a good question, because it all depends. And I know there's significant efforts being made for accessibility, like the work from the Disabilities Issues Office and the access legislation. Mm-hmm. And then there's just businesses that don't have the funds to really make their place more accessible.
0: What, what is it like wa- walking around downtown for you right now? Do you find that the accessibility is decent or, or where, where is it at?
5: Well, particularly on my street, it's really hard to walk around because there are ice chunks in the middle of the sidewalk and trying to climb over these huge mountains of snow to get across the street or to a bus is very difficult. No kidding.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I can only imagine. So where can people find your most recent articles and uh, and read about your work?
5: They can find them on the CNC website. Okay www.cncwpg.org
0: uh, Deanna Ning is a citizen journalist for Community News Commons. Thank you very much for coming in and talking to us today, Deanna.
5: Thank you very much for listening.
1: Thanks, Nolan. To read Deanna's most recent articles, or if you're interested in citizen journalism and would like to get involved with Community News Commons yourself, you can visit the website at communitynewscommons.org. You can also get there by uh, typing in cncwpg.org as well. Coming up after the break, we'll learn about Grace Tyre, a Winnipegger who created a lasting legacy to help make Winnipeg a better place. But first, here's Catch the Wind by Donovan, right here on River City 360.
6: In the chilly hours and minutes of uncertainty I want to be in the warm hold of your loving mind To feel you all around me And to take your hand along the sand But I may as well try and catch the wind When sundown pales the sky I want to hide a while behind your smile Sing, Abraham.
0: Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And now, uh, here's the next installment in our series about Winnipeggers who, through foresight, planning, and generosity, created a lasting legacy and helped make their community a better place. Here's my co-host, Robert Zirk.
1: Grace Tyre lived in Winnipeg all her life and was actively involved in many community organizations. Miss Tyre was raised with six sisters on Burroughs Street. She was a long-time member of the Army, Navy, and Air Force Club 60 Ladies Auxiliary, and part of the city's famous Freedom Airs dance troupe, who performed dance numbers in the Capitol, Metropolitan, Orpheum, and Walker theaters during the 1930s. As a member of the Freedom Airs, Grace belonged to the Canadian Army Special Services Branch, entertained troops during the Second World War, and trained members of the Women's Army Corps. In 1948, Grace married and moved to Tate Avenue. She worked for many years at Silverwood Dairies, while her husband worked for Air Canada. They traveled extensively during their years together, and she continued pursuing her love of travel after being widowed in 1975. Grace's niece Marilyn Boschman describes her aunt as a very independent and private person, who was interested in the arts, and wanted the opportunity to be able to support many charitable organizations in her hometown. She passed away on March 2nd, 2002. Grace Tyre had foresight. She gave to her community through a discretionary fund at the Winnipeg Foundation. Through a bequest in her will, she established the Grace Tyre Memorial Fund. Since gifts to the Foundation are endowed, they continue to support our community for good, forever. Over time, the grants it generates can surpass the value of the original gift, multiplying the positive impact in our community. When you give to the Winnipeg Foundation, you're joining Ms. Tyre and thousands of others with the foresight to support our community for good, forever. Thanks, Robert.
0: Coming up after the break, we'll have a Charles Wood chat with Len Van Ruden Sr. But first, here's Perry Como with Catch a Falling Star right here on River City 360.
7: Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket, never let it fade away. Get your falling star and pull it in your pocket, save it for a rainy day. For love may come and tap you on the shoulder some starless night. Just in case you feel you want to hold her, you'll have a pop. Pocket full of starlight, catch a falling star and pull it in your pocket. Never let it fade away, catch a falling star and pull it in your pocket. Say it for a save it for a rainy day. For love may come and tap you on the shoulder some starless night. And just in case you feel you wanna hold her, you'll have a pocket full of starlight. Pocket full of starlight. Mm-hmm. Catch a falling star and pull, it in, star pull it in your pocket. Never let it fade away. Never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and pull, it in, star and pull it in your pocket. Save it for a runny day. Save it for a running running for rainy day rainy, rainy day. For when your troubles start multiplying, they just might. It's easy to forget them without trying. We're just a pop full of starlight. Catch a falling star and Catch put it in your pocket. Never let it fade, fade it. Never let it fade away. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket. Save it for a rainy day. Save it
6: for a rainy
7: day. Save it for a rainy. Day. Save it for a rain.
1: Welcome back to River City 360. In this installment of a Charleswood Chat, past president of the Charleswood Historical Society, Len Van Roon, Sr., talks about the early days of the society and how members began trading stories about the community. Here is a Charleswood Chat.
8: People were very interested in their own community and when they, in 1972, I guess it was, Al Koopman was our mayor, and he said after the centennial thing, he said to my wife, you know, we'd be in good shape to start a historical society because he said the stories, he said, are too good to just waste away. Well, that's all she needed was, you know, to just get a start on it, (laughs) and away we went. But when the people started to come to the historical society, just as a matter, they would start trading stories with each other do you remember that road and what happened there? I thought, hey, this stuff is too good. So I got a reel-to-reel tape recorder and a cassette to run the two of them at once and uh, said, look, instead of trading stories with each other, why don't you address the historical society? It was a small group, a dozen, 17 at the most. And uh, they said, well, you know, we can't, we're not used to speaking. I said, no, it's just like you're talking to the neighbours, talking to each other. So why don't you? Well, maybe, and of course, these are all neighbors and people they knew. So there was no pressure. And when they started talking, you know, you couldn't shut them up. You know, they just went on. You'd run a whole darn tape through. <laughs> we built that up to about uh, pretty near eighty tapes of people telling. And every experience was different. You know, and some of them are hilarious. They they were just. Natural phenomena, and it, it, it's very attractive. It's a nice thing to go to. We'd go to a meeting, and somebody would be lined up. But they weren't self conscious because it was just neighbors, and we didn't do it for a big audience. We did it just to trade stories.
1: And to learn more, you can visit the Charleswood Historical Society every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. at 5006 Roblin Boulevard or visit their website at charleswoodhistoricalsociety.ca
0: Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And we are now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons. And he likes to show up every week and tell us what's happening in Winnipeg through the lens of his citizen citizen journalism project, Community News Commons. Noah, thanks for joining us.
9: Thank you for having me.
0: So earlier on in the show, we had uh, Deanna Ng, the uh, citizen journalist, who is a fairly prominent writer on CNC. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering, aside from her great stories, what else is going on? on this Community News Commons?
9: Well, um, speaking of uh, Deanna and uh, some of the stories that she uh, has reported in the past, there's a story that uh, comes to mind that's on the site this week that is coming from another citizen reporter, Jason Chung. Oh who, yeah, he uh, was on the show last was on week. Last week, and uh, Jason writes about a, a particular um, exhibition over at the Canadian Museum for Human Rights, and uh, which just opened uh, about a week ago. The 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 exhibition did is called Sight Unseen, and uh, essentially um, what it does is it it. Uh, Celebrates the 10th anniversary of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. Okay, and uh, it's an art exhibit that highlights uh, the blind and visually impaired artists of um, varying degrees of impairment. And um, it's really cool because it uses a particular uh, some of it uses a particular uh, 3D uh, photo works uh, imagery that allows people to touch the work. And feel the image uh, with your fingertips. And so it's a very cool way for someone who can't see that well or can't see at all to be able to experience art.
0: So they like feel a photograph exactly. That's yeah, very yeah. interesting. So, um,
9: so I was really happy that Jason went uh, over to the Canadian Museum for Human Rights and uh, did a little uh, story on that and that that uh, exhibition runs uh, all the way until uh, September
0: uh, cool. of this year. So i have to go uh, check it out. It's a great article to yeah, check out. Yeah, that sounds out. interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking of former RC360 uh, alumnus, alumni, what, what do I say, alumni? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Samantha Sapson was on the show on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, oh, yes. and yeah. uh, I understand she has her latest uh, piece on cNC as well
9: yeah, she's doing a series on um, holistic or uh, rather on alternative um, healing in uh, w- in Winnipeg, and her latest uh, installment uh, is called holistic in Hospitals, mm-hmm. and uh, what uh, Samantha Sampson has done. Uh, this week is that she's looking into how Winnipeg health facilities have integrated alternative therapies into their um, practices, into what they do. And so, you know, a clinic community health center or uh, Winnipeg's health science center, um, several different locations that she visits. And she does. Uh, she has a video on this. She talks about um, different types of therapy You know, it could be art therapy, it could be meditation, it could be um, acupuncture, but they are Hmm. becoming more and more common in um, the uh, traditional healthcare system.
0: Cool. That's a six-part series, wasn't it? It is.
9: So there's one more next week. Uh, Every Friday, we've been publishing them every Friday, and so Samantha has done a terrific job uh, on her series called Meta Medicine Exploring Winnipeg's Healing Community.
0: So check out communitynewscommons.org. You can watch all five, I guess currently yeah. episodes but uh, and then the six will be coming up on this friday absolutely so what else is happening in the in, in winnipeg
9: uh, one other story I wanted to mention was a story from Chloe Ross Rogerson. She just started writing. Uh, she's also a young writer, and she just started writing for Community News Commons a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and um, she likes to do stories about the North End and about um, uh, sort of the change, uh, the changing face of the North End. And and she takes a look at um, in her story called "This House Is Not a Home." Um, she looks at uh, sort of the way in which. Uh, rental uh, units are are made available to um, uh, people in that area of Winnipeg, and how many times what happens is that the poorest people who need the housing the most uh, basically take whatever they can get and they end up with oh. um, you know some not so great housing yeah. and so um, the The article kind of explores this issue and um, looks at how the government uh, and how uh, the city of Winnipeg could uh, possibly um, get some more housing uh where um there's a little bit more structure um where basically huh. the rents are a little bit more controlled and the housing uh is just a little just bit the quality a little yeah, higher a little bit yeah. better shape and so you know i mean when it comes to housing you, you want to live in a nice place right. or at least a decent place for sure so it's a good article by chloe ross rogerson uh called this house is not a home on communitynewscommons.org
0: so noah every week uh I like to bring our listeners some sort of local band, some, some, something, they, something they may not have heard before. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, Robert sort of filled in for you as you were uh, away for the week, but mm-hmm. uh, what have you brought for us this week?
9: Well, this week I thought I'd feature a singer-songwriter named Adam Haney, and uh, Adam is really no stranger to Manitoba's music scene. Uh, he's only 22 years old, oh, um, and he's been building a name for uh, a number of years now. Um, he's joined by a new band company the wait is finally over for the for the debut album which is called 1212 which is kind of named for the exercise in songwriting meant to yield one song every month for a year oh yeah uh for these guys it was kind of a three-year labor of love and (laughs) 1236 (laughs) i guess so but 1212 the name of the album it gets its party on march the third at the goodwill so i um uh, recommend our listeners go out uh, to the Goodwill Club to uh, check out Adam Hanny and and the band. And um, this week I'd like to feature a song uh, from that uh, album. It's called Manhattan. And so this is Adam Hanny and Company uh, with Manhattan on River City Three Sixty, CJNU ninety three point seven FM.
10: Well, I wore the same clothes for three but finally i changed yeah finally i changed but for you it's new york for three whole weeks just 21 sleeps just 21 sleeps that's all There's
1: more
10: tension between us than an. Hour. I'm this noble person I'm trying to be But I am not, but God, I learned a lot enjoy your trip run away from your problems just like a little kid but you know you still have my book and I have ours.
0: a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a big thank you to all of our guests this
1: week. If you want to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, please visit us online at rivercity360.org. That's rivercity360.org. River City 360,
0: Views and News from Around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM.
1: And we'd love to hear your feedback about any of the stories on the show or if you have a song request or a topic that you think we should cover, let us know. Leave us a message on our listener line called 204-944-9474 extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474 extension 360.
0: We're also on Twitter and Facebook. You can find us at RiverCity360 on Twitter, and just search RiverCity360
1: on Facebook. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for RiverCity360. And I'm Robert Zerk. Thank you again so much for listening, and be sure to tune in next week at 8.15 for more views and news from around Winnipeg. Have a great Sunday.